This is No Stop Lights with Ken Ard. I want to thank our sponsors, Mickey Fins, Marlboro PD Electric, Carolina Bank, Pepsi of Florence. We did a podcast earlier this week, um, rambling on and on and on about an ABC News Washington Post poll. And I mean, if you've been in politics and you think you have some degree of understanding, you don't look at the shiny object. There's something else. But the shiny object is normally a distraction, and it's intended to reveal who the chess players are in relation to the checker players. Um, and the majority of people are not immersed in politics. They're not fixated. They're, they're not, you know, their lives aren't dominated by who the president is, what the policies are. And they tend to take people at their word and accept things, you know, as they are. And in politics, never take anybody at the word and never accept things as they are because that's normally not the way they uh, that they really are. So, you know, we, we argued. Uh, we didn't argue. We, we, we debated what the poll meant. And, and I'm on the record. I mean, I don't think there's any way that Donald Trump's 10 points ahead of, of Joe Biden. I mean, as, 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 I mean, I think Biden's a lousy president. I think, you know, when I've said this on Twitter, I think Jimmy Carter up until now was the worst president in my lifetime. But Carter was a decent man. I mean, I don't think anybody, I don't, I've not heard anybody say Jimmy Carter was a bad guy. Jimmy Carter was a crook or a thug or a, or a political prostitute. I think Carter was a bad president, but I think Jimmy Carter, when it comes to morals and ethics and virtue, I think he would be, you know, um, I mean, he's not a, a sinless man. I'm not saying that. Um, and I think he was wrong in a lot of issues. But but I do think his, his, his morality compass pointed normally in the right way. I think Jimmy Carter genuinely tried more times than not to do the right thing. Um, misguided, uh, wrong policies, um, you know, m- m- maybe to some degree, um, being such a genuinely good person cost him, um, in the world of politics, taking people at their word, accepting people, uh, as who they say they are. Um, Joe Biden's none of that. I mean, I- I've never, ever believed for a second that Biden was, uh, a genuinely good guy. I think Joe Biden, and I've said it on the air, and I might as well say it again. I think Joe Biden is a political thug, um, and and I think to to, to equate Biden with the Clintons, uh, you know, they they both traffic in influence, they both peddle influence, uh, they both will do anything for a buck. But the difference is the Clintons are smart. I mean, they, they're really smart people. Um, they're misguided. I think they've um, you know, and I've said this about the Clintons. If you don't believe, they're either they're either geniuses or they're the, 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 the quintessential political prostitute. And by that, I mean, and I've used this analogy many, many, many times, some of the greatest businessmen and women in American history, I don't know anybody that started a foundation and then a business. I, I've, I've used Henry Ford of the Henry Ford Foundation, which came first, the Henry Ford Foundation or Ford Motor Company, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation or Microsoft. Um, uh, the, the Carnegie Endowment or um, U.S. Steel. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got rich, and then you started a foundation to try and make the world a better place under whatever terms you chose to make the world a better place. The Clintons, give them credit. They started the Clinton Global Initiative, and then they got rich um, because they peddled influence. They trafficked in in power and, and politics. But they were smart. They were very adept at, understanding the way that game is played. Um, Hunter and Joe Biden are not rocket scientists. In fact, I don't think they're very smart at all. 
they practiced in what I'd argue is political thuggery. And maybe there's a day of reckoning. Maybe there's not a day of reckoning. I don't have any idea. But um, And I equated a couple of days ago on our podcast that, you know, the, the three most recent Democrat presidents, we just talked a lot about uh, the Clintons, um, is, is Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. Um, being honest with yourself, I mean, I personally disagree with all three of their ideologies, but I've never said Clinton was incompetent. I've never said he was dumb and, and didn't have the breadth or, nor the aptitude to do the job. I've never said that about Obama. I think you could argue Obama was unqualified. I mean, he never had any sort of managerial experience, any, any executive experience. Um, he was kind of a rock star that, that came from nowhere. It would have been, uh, you'd call him a one-hit wonder, but I think he's fundamentally transformed our nation. I, I really believe that. And then over here, you got Biden. And I think when you look at the IQ of Clinton and the IQ of Biden, excuse me, the IQ of uh, Obama and the IQ combined of Hunter and Joe, they're probably still third in that three-horse in that three-horse race, and I don't mean to be insulting. I'm trying to, to paint a picture, and I'm giving two Democrats a little credit um, for being intellectually understanding of their positions and, and ideologies. But, but the poll that came out um, last week, the Washington Post-ABC News poll that has the mainstream media in, in an uproar, we debated. I mean, it obviously solidifies the belief that I've had that those who say Donald Trump is unelectable – just have not been to a hunting club, a football game, or a NASCAR race. I mean, they've just not. A job site. Go to a job site, talk to 100 construction workers, and come back and tell me Donald Trump is unelectable. Go to a college football game at the good old South and just kind of circulate and ask opinions of Trump, and you'll find out he's very electable. He is unbelievably electable, and the ABC News Washington Post poll says uh, the NASCAR fan, the construction worker, the college football junkie, they're right. I mean, this guy is electable. The media have tried everything in their power to drive a wedge between Trump voter and Donald Trump, and they failed miserably. In fact, I would argue, um, and the data clearly shows this, the more felony charges and indictments, the more likely it is Donald Trump gets elected president. I can't rationalize that. I don't completely understand it. But, but once again, gut instinct here, data analytics there, that they both kind of speak one to another. The, the gut instinct says this cat can win again. And now the data and, um, and analytics say, yeah, I mean, this cat can win again. So, so the debate in the previous podcast was what to make of the ABC News Washington Post poll. Some say that there is no doubt it, it, it dispels the, the myth that Donald Trump can win. I mean, it, that, that, that is a non-factor anymore. So, so in the debate, between Republican candidates not named Donald Trump when one say you're wasting a vote voting for Donald Trump because he can't win. No, he can win. And if the election were today, he would win. So let's go to Joe Biden. I mean, what does this say about Joe Biden? Well, I mean, it says the American people don't think he's doing a good job. I mean, it says that the American people don't trust him on the border. They don't trust him on the economy. Uh, forget Hunter and Joe and the business deals and Barisma and Chinese energy companies and Ukraine. I mean, forget all that. Um, the American people have gone to the grocery store and bought gas. And whether it's his fault or not, he's going to be, I mean, he's the boss. He's in the big house, so to speak. So he's going to get a lot of the blame. It's a little bit like the quarterback on the football team. When the team's 11-0, he probably doesn't deserve all the credit he's getting. When the team's 0-11, he probably doesn't deserve all the criticism he's getting. But that's that's the price you pay for being in charge. Um 
but but let's go to what I think could potentially put some air back in the sail of uh, a brother Joe Biden, and that is the House Oversight Impeachment Inquiry. I believe that the 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 person most difficult on this planet to turn into a sympathetic figure is Donald Trump. I mean, I, I don't know. You got to try mighty damn hard to to force people to feel sympathetic for Trump. But I think the the overplaying of the hand by these um, district attorneys and uh, the DOJ and the overcharge RICO charges in Atlanta, um, charges in New York. I mean, they're, they're I mean, the RICO laws are, are for mafia family members, and you know, um, we're not sure what they did, but we know they did something against the law, and uh, it's kind of a catch-all. So when you when you basically charge a president for RICO, to me, you're saying well, we we just got to find some way, some reason, some 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 charge that sticks that you know may encourage people to not vote for um for Joe Biden or excuse me for Donald Trump. But let's go to Biden because th- this concerns me a bit, and I guess I am being a bit hackish, more hackish than I normally am, and more of a, a an operative and an activist than I than I normally am. I try not to go down down that road. I have my political opinions. I'm unapologetically pronouncing my political opinions. I don't apologize for what I believe. Um, giving me the option, the binary choice between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, it's a no-brainer for me. I'll vote for Donald Trump a hundred times if you let me, uh, because I think Biden sucks on the economy, sucks on immigration, sucks on trade, sucks on funding, Ukraine unaccounted for, and, and I think Trump is largely right on those central issues that matter to most Americans. But but what could, what could breathe life back in to Joe Biden's fledgling campaign. He can't do this himself. He's not charismatic. He's not transformative. He's not Barack Obama. He's not Bill Clinton. He's not Donald Trump. I mean, he doesn't have this larger-than-life personality, nor the, the, the political power persuasion that presidents historically um, have had. He's been a kind of a, a hang-around and hang-on. I mean, I hung around a long time. I hung on. I kind of won by default. They told me to stay in the basement. They, they would... um. They would help me get elected, and Donald Trump would probably help me as much as they did by some of the crazy things that he said that um that resonated with some and, and, and offended others. But when I look at the House Oversight Impeachment Inquiry, and they met Thursday, and we, we, we've got some, uh, some revelations regarding um, that meeting, but three, three witnesses were called to the first uh, oversight committee. Now, once again— they have a job to do, and their job is to not decide who the next president is going to be. I mean, their job as members of the oversight committee are to what? To police the affairs of our government. I mean, that's, I mean, by nature, oversight means we have a responsibility to provide oversight or the necessary oversight to make sure government officials, including the president and his family, are doing, um, you know, things that are within bounds and not against the law. So when James Comer um, subpoenaed, and called or compelled witnesses, and one was Bruce Dubinsky. He's a forensic accountant. Uh, the other, Eileen O'Connor, an assistant AG, uh, formerly of the DOJ, Department of Justice Tax Division, and Jonathan Turley of Fox News fame. Turley's one of these um, speaking, uh, talking heads. He's a pundit on radio and television. Uh, George Washington, a law professor, kind of a constitutional scholar. Uh, he, along with uh, Andy McCarthy, are, are kind of um, the go-to guys for um, Fox News and some of the other media outlets to give a, a right-of-center take on what 
uh, the interpretation of statute or law in relation to the constitutionality or not of what they're doing or, or not doing. But, but, but my concern is, and once again, I am deeply concerned. I mean, I personally believe that Joe Biden personally gained from Hunter Biden's association uh, you know, with some of these uh, Chinese, Ukrainian, and Russian energy companies in the name of pay for play. I mean, I, you know, we got, we got stories about prosecutors being fired, and uh, we got stories about um, investigators being told to stand down. I, I believe some of that happened, and I think Biden and his family were paid handsome amounts of money uh, in the name of peddling influence and, and, and selling, you know, access, the illusion of power, the illusion of, uh, of access. That's kind of the, uh, the argument the Bidens have made. But, but I want to get back to the election. Once again, there's a, there, there's a legal reality. And, and constitutionally, the oversight committee is who we count on to hold people accountable if we suspect they may have done something, uh, you know, not, not above board. I believe that to be true. And, and I guess we've got to weigh our concerns. So in one hand, you've got the oversight committee and an impeachment inquiry that could find Joe Biden guilty of a crime, but it could make him a sympathetic figure. It could turn him into, remember what happened to Trump? I mean, the American public don't like the power of government going after anyone, including Donald Trump. I mean, you, you got to believe that, that as arrogant and narcissistic and abrasive as Trump can be, if they would condone anybody being gone after, and I'm using air quotes here, it would be Donald Trump. I mean, the majority of Americans say, I, I get it. I mean, maybe there's overreach here. Maybe they're a little too zealous in pursuit of, of this guy. But, but he brings a lot of that on himself. And I have no sympathy for that guy because of just the way he handles himself, the way he conducts himself. Um, Biden's different. Biden is not Trump. He's not a domineering personality. He's not, uh, I think he's every bit as narcissistic. I mean, I, I think he's every bit as, um, as full of himself as Donald Trump ever ever was, but, but if we begin kind of nipping away and, and you got a, you got a witness and you got another witness and you've got these, these accusations, if you're not careful, you could cause a lot of independents in swing states to say, wow, the only reason they're going after Biden is the way they went after Trump. And I, I just don't know how that plays in independent land and, you know, we, we looked at the poll last week. Uh, I mean, I, I know this to be true. And, you know, I've told my, my sidekick on radio, the, the most interesting data point that I found was after Trump's third indictment, think of this, after Trump's third indictment, his positives with independent voters went up one and three quarter percentage points. I mean, imagine that. You, you would expect Republicans to hunker down and dig in. You would expect Democrats to throw everything they've got at the guy. I mean, that's the nature of partisan politics. That's where we are with this binary choice, uh, the duopoly that runs the country, Republican-Democrat. Democrats go after Republicans. Republicans go after Democrats. And, but the independent-minded voter watching Seinfeld kind of tunes in occasionally every now and then. And when the third indictment calls an increase in Trump's uh, approval of independent voters, that was the data point that led me to believe, wow, they're overplaying their hand. They're going too far. The American public believe that indeed the DOJ is weaponized in trying to, you know, uh, stop a guy that has a chance to be elected president from getting elected again. Former president running for reelection. I mean, all of this is unusual. And and as a 
As someone who wants to see a Republican in the White House, I am deeply concerned that the the House oversight impeachment inquiry could create, you know, a, a level of undeserved sympathy for Joe Biden. Um, who comes after Dubinsky, uh, O'Connor, and Turley? I don't know. And and it is kind of um, you know, damned if you do and damned if you don't. But because the the virtuous element in our political system would say, so you would rather your guy be elected president than getting to the bottom of whether someone traded on the name of the American government. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't have all the answers. I, I just know what lies ahead. And I mean, if you impeach Joe Biden, what really and truly have you done? I mean, impeachment's the new censure. I mean, we went a hundred years and had one impeachment. Trump gets one, you know, every other year. Gets an indictment a year for his president, and and it's helped him. I mean, when you look at independence, it's helped him. The impeachments have made him a more formidable candidate. The indictments have made it more likely that he wins a primary and presidential um, campaign. I can't make heads or tails of that. I mean, there was a day in America when, you know, if you got indicted for a crime, you're done. I mean, you ride off in the sunset. You had a good go at it. Your, your time came and went. You made a mistake. You don't get to play anymore. But, but Trump has 91 felony charges for indictments, and his approvals are higher than they've ever been. Joe Biden is struggling. Joe Biden can't get his arms around inflation. Joe Biden has the problem at the border. Joe Biden has an issue with Ukrainian uh, money being spent that's not accounted for. The American public right now do not trust Joe Biden to be a good president. I think an impeachment inquiry generates a degree of sympathy for Joe Biden, and some of those folks begin forgetting how lousy is he is at the job, but rather people have a tendency to be sympathetic. I mean, they, they just do. I mean, the, the, the body politic or the, the world of politics is is full of comeback stories and feel-good stories and whatnot. And I, I would just, I would be very, very careful in how aggressive I went after Joe Biden with a House oversight impeachment inquiry. I, I'm not saying turn a blind eye. I'm not, you know, I can hear, you know, viewers or listeners or subscribers saying, wow, so the guy's saying he's not interested in whether the Biden's got paid. I'm very interested and whether the Bides got paid or not. I'm more interested in Donald Trump getting reelected president. And maybe I'm more infatuated with the storyline than anything else. I mean, maybe the fact that I could be a part and live in a moment where a guy wins an election, loses a questionable election, and redeems himself of the movement by winning a third time. And my, my skin in the game, uh, my investment is in America first. It's not an impeachment of Joe Biden. It's not a defense of, of Donald Trump. I mean, my long-term investment is a sustainability of a political movement within the Republican Party that I think, personally, is a generational realignment that does empower the American worker, empowers the American working class, um, advantages and prospers the American family, and, and puts as its priority uh, the American way of life. And I think for that to happen, and, and it's more likely that happens if Donald Trump wins in 2024, and I think he can, and I think an aggressive impeachment trial of, of Joe Biden generates some degree of sympathy and lessens the likelihood that Donald Trump wins in 2024.